0: Welcome to Tales from the moose we're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Unpredictable Horse has just rescued Montgomery the Moose and Montgomery the Mouse from another, another realm, where they had been left behind by the Great Gonzalo, the enormous magical blue dragon who had been imprisoned for more than 200 years. The three creatures teleported back to Maine, where they saw that the chocolate invasion had spread a long way from home. After a brief stop in New York's Central Park, the three creatures teleported back to the Realm of Dragons to finally bring an end to this situation and fix magic once and for all. So now, let's find out what happened next. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. The enormous yellow dragon, known as Shalar, and the slightly more enormous orange dragon called Trevor flew gracefully through the air over the ever-changing landscape below, to reunite with the rest of their family. Alongside them flew spaceship with a crew of small creatures, Walter, Wheezy, Phoebe, and Tamar, alongside Bobby, who was still frozen in his chocolate state inside her cockpit. Phoebe and Tamar were busy looking at the singing fish they'd just picked up from the ground, which now lay on the control panel in front of them, and disagreed on what it was. It's the Cape Cod, Tamar said with certainty. I mean, it must be. No, Phoebe argued. The inscription says Cape Cod, but that's where it's from. Or at least it would be if this was actually a real thing. If their parents or Fred the Chocolate Lab were there in the cockpit with them, Phoebe was sure they would take her side. But in the meantime, Tamar was convinced. I mean, it was just talking, Tamar said. Singing, Phoebe corrected, but was ignored as Tamar continued. How many fish do you know that talk? And the Cape Cod is from Cape Cod. From the Sagamore Bridge to P-Town, fighting crime with a... What was it? Phoebe chuckled in reply. It had been years since she'd thought about that catchphrase. Well, remember, she said, it changed every time, because he could never think of a good rhyme to finish it. Sometimes it was from the Sagamore Bridge to P-Town, fighting crime with a smile, not a frown. She laughed at how cheesy it sounded. Oh no, Tamar remembered. My favorite was from the Sagamore Bridge to P-Town, fighting crime like a cop, not a clown. Ha <laughs> Now how about from the Sagamore Bridge to P-Town, fighting crime and sometimes swimming upside down? They both laughed. And it was great to have a few moments of unbridled joy in all this craziness. But in amongst it all, Phoebe could tell that her younger sister was still convinced this fish was real. This is just a toy, you know, she felt the need to say. I mean, it's made out of rubber, and I don't know my fesh well, but I don't think this one's even a cod. Yeah, well, we'll see what Fred says. If it's the real caped cod, he'll know. And after all the nonsense we've seen, you think a superhero fesh being turned into rubber couldn't happen? Fair point, Phoebe conceded. They landed, and when Spaceship's cockpit opened, Phoebe, Tamar, Walter, and Wheezy saw the true scale of what was happening. Or more accurately, they saw hundreds of thousands of scales. All six dragons were together. Despite the imposing figures all around them, the small creatures decided to get out to reunite with their friends and family with hugs and brief catch-ups. Tamar wanted to ask immediately about the Cape cod, but the first question on most of their minds was more pressing. "'What about Montgomery and Montgomery?' "'I am here, the Great Gonzalo!' Shala's voice boomed louder than any of the small creatures, overbearing them all. "'Good,' the Great Gonzalo replied. "'The dragons shuffled to make space for the newcomers, forming a circle, "'which in turn pushed the other creatures to the outside, "'where they watched the Grand Reunion in awe. "'The dragons' necks stretched into the center of the circle,' And as one, they bowed their heads and brought them all together, closing their eyes as the tops of their heads met, forming a small ring in the center. As they brought their heads back up and opened their eyes, the great Gonzalo took a breath, as if this was a moment of great importance. My family, he pronounced. It is right that we are together again after this brief diversion of the last 200 years or so. Brief diversion? Walter said to Phoebe. Even the oldest frog he knew in Central Park, a wise elder named Bill, was only twelve years old. Two hundred years seemed a lot more than a brief diversion to him. So now, the enormous blue dragon went on, we must bring back that unpredictable horse to face its punishment. His voice swelled as he continued, The prophecy has been fulfilled. The moose freed me from my cell. Magic has been... His voice reached a crescendo and he lifted his head as if to initiate magic of some kind. A large, deep blue glow appeared in the skies above before faltering with a sputter and fading away. Restored? The dragons looked at each other. I don't understand, the great Gonzalo said quietly. Magic has been restored, has it not? Well, not quite, said a nearby voice. The dragons parted, and they looked to see where this voice was coming from, on the opposite side of the circle from the group of other creatures. Walter and Wheezy immediately recognized the voice, and when the dragons had separated enough, they saw that it was, indeed, unpredictable horse. He stood alone. Or rather, and this was strange, although perhaps seemed minor given the circumstances, he floated about three inches off the ground alone. The dragons all jumped into attack position, some crouching, some making themselves as large as possible, and some taking a deep breath to prepare to breathe fire. Horse, the great Gonzalo uttered with contempt, followed by a snarl. Well, he continued, you have saved us the trouble of tracking you down. Unpredictable Horse was unperturbed. Yeah, he said, I wouldn't want you to have to work too hard, you know. The horse walked forward confidently. So confidently, in fact, that the dragons all backed up to make space for him. Throughout his walk, he still floated three inches above the ground. He just walked as if his feet were on the ground. He entered the circle and stood between everybody, floating in a way that dragons didn't notice at first, but when they did, they found it disconcerting. This isn't what they expected when finally seeing the horse again after all this time. But then, he was... unpredictable. The horse looked at the dragons circled around him, and they looked at each other before all deferring to the great Gonzalo to see what the enormous blue dragon's next move was. The group of creatures gathered outside the circle of dragons had a good view in between the yellow and purple dragon, and later some of them reported seeing unpredictable horse wink at them before what happened next. Some also said he gave a kind of, here I am, you're welcome, bow or curtsy, but they couldn't quite figure out how a horse could do that. In the pause, Unpredictable Horse lifted his head to the large creatures around him and said, with a smile but almost impatiently, So... Now! The Great Gonzalo interrupted forcefully, and the dragons sprung into action. They curved their wings to create a dome of sorts around the horse, blocking the creature's view of what was happening inside. Growling and light emanated from the space at the center. Phoebe and Tamar looked at their mom, who was squeezing their dad's hand. Is this... A good thing? Tamar asked. That is a great question, Dorothy replied, without taking her eyes off the sight in front of them all. Roger stood on her back to try to get a better view. I wish I was big again, she grumbled, before looking to her left at Spaceship hovering a few feet above the ground, thinking she must be getting a better view, or at least Spaceship would get a better view if Spaceship could actually see, which Roger wasn't certain about. Spaceship! Roger indicated, and Spaceship seemed to understand, opening her cockpit. The group of tiny humans and frogs climbed onto Roger and Fred's backs. The raccoon and chocolate lab climbed up the nearby rock formation and jumped onto Spaceship's torso, sliding around a little before gripping on some exposed flanges and climbing up into her cockpit, careful not to damage the chocolate alien inside. Ah! came a scream from several of them when a toucan came crashing onto the floor next to them, smashing into the nearby control panels and breaking something. Sparks came flying out. Wow, that doesn't get any easier, Mr. Toucan complained. You'd think at this point landing would be less painful. Right, said Fred. I'm too doggy for this flying thing, but after this whole thing is over, I'm going to teach you how to land properly. It can't be that hard. Why do you do that anyway, Tamar demanded. You can fly. You get a better view up there than in here with us. Yeah, but I thought we were all doing something together. It seemed exciting. The sparks kept coming from the control panel, followed by a small flame. Mr. Toucan tried to blow it out before realizing his beak didn't actually allow him to blow. It's okay, Spaceship said. I have an automated fire extinguisher mechanism. It should start now. After a moment in which nothing happened, she added, Ah, the problem is, that's the thing that's on fire. Hey, said a voice from outside Spaceship. What's going on? Fire! Michael shouted. Quick, smother it! It's okay, said Fred, now the fire-retardant lab, jumping over and curling up on the flame as if taking a nap. Ah, that's better, spaceship sighed. But I'm getting some system warnings. Something's not working right. No way! Phoebe interrupted with a shout. Now that the fire was out, they had all turned their attention to what was going on outside, and she was the first one to realize whose voice had asked what was going on. Montgomery the moose! "'And Montgomery the mouse,' Tamar added. "'They're here!' "'Before they had a chance to greet their friends, though, "'they followed where the moose and mouse were looking, "'at the huddle of dragons, "'and noticed that the noise and light had stopped. "'Unpredictable horse strolled out of the huddle "'toward the group of onlookers, unchanged and unfazed. "'The dragons were still huddled, but their wings were down, "'and they looked at each other in bewilderment. "'But,' the great Gonzalo spoke quietly, "'we're all here!' Why isn't this working? Unpredictable Horse walked towards Montgomery the Moose, and that's when everyone inside Spaceship noticed it. The ground around Montgomery the Moose's feet, expanding in every direction, was chocolate. The dragons noticed it, too. Creeping towards them and around them, everything became chocolate. Before they could move, even the dragon's feet became chocolate. Perhaps because of the small amount of magic the dragons still retained, the rest of their bodies did not change but they were encased in place with no way to escape. All of a sudden, the great Gonzalo's eyes widened as he spotted Montgomery the Moose and Montgomery the Mouse. Trevor, he ordered, the prophecy must have meant they need to be here too. Bring all three of them here, now! The orange dragon's head turned to see, and in an orange glow, the horse, the moose, and the mouse were all in the center of the group of dragons. Ooh! Unpredictable Horse said, You're getting closer, but you still don't understand, do you? The ground everywhere now, as far as the eye could see, was chocolate. And so were the trees, the rocks, the mountains, everything. Again, shouted the great Gonzalo to his group. Do it now! Ah, hold well on, Unpredictable Horse said, in a way that made all the dragons pause, although they weren't quite sure why. Just... Give me a moment, I'll be right back. And with that, he disappeared into thin air. What? many of the assembled creatures asked, while others just looked on in confusion. But then, Unpredictable Horse was back, right in the same spot, except he was different. He was old, elderly, with faded color and white and gray hairs taking the place of black on his mane. Montgomery the Moose looked in his eyes and instead of the excitement and mischievous nature he had seen before, he saw age, experience, and weariness. Okay, this old horse said gently. I'm ready now. As the dragons realized this was their chance, Montgomery the Moose spoke quietly to the horse, who he now considered a real friend, with tears forming in his eyes. What happened? he asked. Where did you go? Ringo smiled at Montgomery the Moose. I lived a life, he replied. He closed his eyes. A tear trickled down his face. The dragons, again, launched into their attack to reclaim magic. The light and the noise were almost unbearable for Montgomery and Montgomery. There was wind, too, like being in a cyclone and a rainbow and a jet engine all at the same time. But very quickly, it was over. Everything stopped there was peace and quiet once more. Everyone looked around. The first thing the dragons noticed was that Montgomery the Moose was no longer standing in chocolate. The ground was covered with grass again, and the circle was expanding. Pretty soon their own feet were free, and then the ground and the trees beyond. It worked! the red dragon exclaimed. In their exhaustion, the other dragons said nothing. Didn't it? Yes, it worked, the old horse said. In a manner of speaking, the dragons looked at each other, silently asking each other what that meant. You see, the old horse said gently to the assembled group, I have no more magic. I am just a horse. But you, he said with a smile, looking at the great Gonzalo, you forgot the prophecy. The giant blue dragon looked sternly at him. The prophecy didn't say that the moose was going to release you and then you would fix magic. It said he would fix magic. What, the dragon scowled, do you mean? I may be just a horse, but you six... He took a breath to let the next piece sink in. Magic rejected you because of your arrogance and pride. Now you are just dragons, as ordinary as any dragon. which. realize is not very ordinary where I come from. The dragons each tried to use their magic out of instinct, but even the small amount they had had a moment before had gone. Ringo the old horse turned to meet Montgomery the moose's gaze. He gave a smile to Montgomery the mouse riding on the moose's head before locking eyes with the moose himself. Montgomery the moose, Ringo said, steward it wisely. You are its guardian and protector now. Montgomery felt unable to take it all in. What? He stumbled. Montgomery, the magic chose you. To be continued. So, what do you think Ringo did when he disappeared and lived his life? We'd love to hear your stories of that time. Or maybe you'd like to write about what will happen to the dragons, now they are... regular dragons. Why do you think the magic rejected them and chose Montgomery? And how do you think the dragons are feeling right now? We'd love to hear your stories about them, or any of the other Mooseverse characters. We'd also love to hear your own stories about your own characters, whether they're in the Mooseverse, or another Another Realm. Or draw a picture to go along with this story, or any of our other episodes. Send your stories and pictures to hello at Mooseiverse.com. We'll include some on our website, moosiverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. Mooseiverse.com is also where you can find information about our online writing and story growing workshops, as well as downloadable coloring pages, tales from the Mooseverse merchandise, and information about how to join our Patreon team to support the podcast. We're looking forward to reading your stories! After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time.